Welcome to the Nativist Podcast, where we tap into our instinct and natural power to live intuitively. The ultimate goal is to leave the world healthier and more beautiful than we found it. It all starts on the individual level by cultivating our mind-body connection. Whether you're on a healing journey or just want to look and feel your best, I hope by the end you feel a little happier, a little more inspired, and a little more invested in yourself and the world. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. Thank you. Welcome to the Nativist Podcast. Thank you for listening, for coming back if you are a returner or if this is your first time. So happy you're here. Today's episode will be pretty short to the point, hopefully. I mean, you know me, sometimes I go off on tangents, but really I think this will be a pretty brief one. And it's something that cuts to the core of all of our experiences. It's just being human and how messy that can be and some of the ugliness that can come along with it. I mean, so let me ask you a question. Can you accept that you do or have done or will do ugly things? The words you say, the thoughts you think, the actions you do. I know I've done some ugly things and I will do, continue to do some ugly things. I try not to. I do my best not to, but it's just part of being human. It's what we do after the fact, right? It's what we do to try to prevent them from happening. Can you accept that sometimes your words and or actions, intentionally or not, have ugly, destructive consequences? It doesn't matter if you go to church or give to charity or prioritize growth and integrity. We're human. And we need to recognize that in ourselves and others. Instead of going straight from doing an unkind thing to, oh, I am a monster. Are you able to sit in the messiness, the grayness, to resist the urge to label, to condemn, to absolve, to justify, all in an effort to trade ambiguity for certainty, discomfort for relief, unknown for familiarity? It can feel easier to perceive in the extremes the black and white, Our brains, our minds like definition. They like organization. We like familiar. We like patterns. We know what to do with that. We know what to expect. We like predictability. It can feel easier, like I said, to perceive in those extremes. And it can feel tempting to cling to set identities. I am a good person because blank. Because I give to charity. Because I'm a good mom, a good spouse, a good whatever. I'm a good friend. It could feel tempting to offer stories, justifications for something you or someone else did, usually to comfort yourself, affirm your narrative perspectives, provide structure and assurance and certainty and familiarity and stability, order. Why not just acknowledge when we others do something uncool and then commit to progressing? If only it were that easy, right? In actuality, (laughs) if only. So what if we ditch the false dichotomy, good person versus bad person, recognize and allow and even celebrate nuance, acknowledge we are people. I mean, think about this. Members of the Ku Klux Klan, the KKK, they're full humans. They have loved ones vouching for their character, etc. I think about this while I'm watching Peaky Blinders. I don't know if you've watched it. Love it. Fall on obsession. Can't get enough of it. So happy that the sixth season is coming. Or any of these other shows or stories that portray people 
with complexities and nuances like we all have. They humanize us. And you think about it, you see these mobsters or these criminals or other people or the Joker. Once you get to know them, you can see their backstory, their complexities, their nuances, their contributing factors to why they are the way they are. And you see it's not just so simple, good person versus bad person. You see that they can have some redeeming qualities. Think about that. Members of the Nazi party have loved ones. And I've read stories about how the kind, the kindnesses that they would show to other people, just not the Jews, but to other people. We're so multidimensional and complex. You, me, and it's important. I mean, it's always a balance because sometimes it's so easy to view ourselves with love blinders on and rose-colored glasses, but not others, and serve as our own, like, defense attorney rather than prosecutor. And then that can be reversed, too. Sometimes we look at others more lovingly than we do ourselves. So it's important to balance both, right? Because balance is the key to life. I've said it a million times. And so think about that. When you've done something uncool, take responsibility. Be accountable. You're not entitled to immediate forgiveness from someone you've wronged. I know that was kind of a non sequitur, but (laughs) stay with me. So like I said, we need to take responsibility for what we do do, for the ugliness that we do do. Be accountable. I mean, ground ourselves grace where due, but also that doesn't let us off the hook, man. We got to still stay accountable for what we've done and try to prevent it from happening again. And when we have messed up and misstepped, we got to follow that through. It's not enough to just expect the other person to automatically forgive you and automatically be, oh, no, it's cool, and get mad or resentful when they're not so quick to forgive or if they don't forgive at all. That's their journey. Really, really, really hard to swallow from our end, especially if it seems like something minor. But then we remember everything is grounded in their previous experiences and possible trauma and and emotions and all of that. And, you know, we project onto others and they project onto us. And it's not happening in isolation. We're not living in a vacuum. Everything's just all tangled together. And like I said, it's messy. So we're not entitled to immediate comfort and ease from others when we've messed up. We're not entitled to a smoothing of the way, a glossing over of the edges, an expediting of the redemption process. We're not owed an instant agreement to separate from the issue and to move on right now. It'd be really great, especially so we don't have to sit in that guilt and shame and hurt. And especially when we know that we've hurt somebody else. That's really hard to handle. So we got to just sit with it. And we're not guaranteed patience and grace and understanding. And part of being accountable is holding the messiness and discomfort, facing it all and seeing it through for as long as it takes. Even when you want to bail because you're feeling impatient, frustrated, ashamed, scared, insecure, guilty, defensive, angry, even when it triggers you, even when it challenges your identity of being a good person, a nice person, a loving and caring person, an open-minded person, it's not usually enjoyable when we're confronted with our fallibility, our humanity, our vulnerability, no matter how rare or often that is. It's typically uncomfortable, and as we grasp at tricks or tap-out buttons, as Brene Brown calls them, to help us process and feel better about it, to restore comfort, certainty, familiarity, etc., and to escape. We do this via a variety of ways, creating a justification, 
leaning on past demonstrations, proving we're a certain type of person to affirm the labels we've chosen and accepted. Sometimes this is happening unconsciously or we're not even realize, realizing that we're doing this and telling ourselves these stories to restore our identity that we've already established as a good person. So we distance ourselves effectively from the issue because we just, that's that's too yucky and too uncomfortable. We, we need a little distance between ourselves so we can feel good about it again, feel good about life, feel good about ourselves. We use masking mechanisms like anger, emotions that are easier to feel than hurt shame. That's often why somebody does something wrong and then they get mad at you. It's easier for them to feel anger and hurt. Or it's easier to feel anger than it is to feel hurt. Anger is the best bodyguard. And that's why often if there's infidelity, I mean, usually the jilted partner gets mad at the co-conspirator, not their partner. They don't get mad at their partner. They often get mad at the other person, the other man, the other woman, because it's easier to feel, it's easier to channel that, alchemize it into anger than it is to feel hurt and rejection. And I think about this too, just, I mean, going back to something that challenges your identity of yourself as a person. Oh, I'm a good friend. I'm a good person. And then I'll think about times, oh gosh, I really didn't. Mm. And I've done this more and more reflecting on friendship and how, what kind of a friend I've been in the past. Because in my mind, yeah, I'm, I'm a good person. I'm a good friend. But then I lately have started to think of times that I wasn't. And that directly conflicts with my idea and my identity of being a good friend. And that sucks. And it's not that I think I'm a monster. I don't think that. But I can be selfish and I can be self-absorbed. Like, and I, I can do. And this is not even like, I mean, there's a gradient, I think, in like a spectrum where you can be along that spectrum. And so there are things I didn't even know I was being selfish because I was just so caught up in maybe like an insecurity of mine or like a hard time or whatever to whatever degree I mean it could have been just something as simple as just being on my period that day or whatever you know like it just moments like that where you just lose touch with the other and the other person and being a good friend and you don't even realize that you're not being a good friend or you're not picking up on cues that the other person is putting out and so that's okay, and that's why it's important to give ourselves and others grace. And when we experience that from others, if it's a pattern and it keeps happening, then I think that needs to be addressed, and maybe you need to put some distance. Address it if you can with the person, and if that doesn't resolve it, put some distance be between yourself and them. You have to protect your energy. But realize that we can be toxic too, and that's, again, it can be really uncomfortable. And speaking of sitting in discomfort... I've noticed that when I post something and I know that it's well intended, but people often, when I, let me, let me specify, when I post something like, oh, I'm having a hard time with this, or I've noticed this about myself, I don't do this as well, or there's this characteristic that isn't as awesome, or whatever that's discomfort or uncomfortable in the slightest, people will rush to try to soothe that over. And I know that they're well-meaning. A lot of times it's because they're trying to boost me up. But part of it is also because I think we collectively, we're not comfortable with discomfort. We just want to smooth it over and gloss over it with good vibes and well-meaning compliments and things like that, where it sometimes just feels better to just have people just meet you where you are 
and kind of validate your experience where you are. And that's why sometimes it's it can feel a little daunting when somebody's going through it, especially like something really heavy and we don't know what to say. We don't need to smooth it over with it's going to be okay or it's great or at least this or like whatever positive affirmation. Those have their value, but more often than not, that just kind of discounts and invalidates the person's experience instead of sitting with them where they are and being brave enough to do that. That's what they need is think about you and yourself when you're experiencing that. Most often, we just need somebody to sit with us where we are and to meet us where we are. And to realize that, I mean, we all have different experiences too and try to customize your approach to the person. But generally speaking, it's better to just, that's my dog, Lila. (laughs) I don't know if you heard that moan, but it's better to just meet each other where we are and experience that instead of trying to, for our own level of comfort, trying to rush over and smooth it over. And that's why like tough conversations can, can be hard too. And we avoid them because if we're acting and if we're prioritizing others' welfare, we would have those hard conversations because that's in their best interest, especially if we see a friend doing destructive behavior or something like that. But we prioritize our comfort because it's really uncomfortable. And it's easier to just prioritize our comfort at the time because, I mean, if we really did prioritize their welfare, we would say what needed to be said because we know long term, even if they got mad with us and angry at us and ended the relationship, we know that saying that serves them long term, serves them the, the most. So if you haven't picked up on the gist of all of this is just allowing the discomfort of life and accepting it and being okay. And I love that's something, a truth that I've really come to embrace and I've read a lot on, especially from Buddhist teachings and Pidma Chodron and she writes about it. It's about just not expecting to be happy all the time. It's not expecting to heal to a place where you don't experience discomfort anymore. Discomfort is part of life. It doesn't matter how healed or evolved you are. That's just part of life. And it's not to be healed away or to evolve past. It's just to be accepted and understood and worked with. And that provides, I mean, we've heard this and there's like an Arabic proverb or an Arab proverb where it's all sunshine makes a desert. We need that contrast. We, that's what makes the high, the highs even higher. And so we need that contrast and anger. That's part of the, the human experience. It's an emotion and it's a good emotion. A lot of times anger can be valuable. I mean, we can't live in it and let it consume us. That's where it becomes problematic, but it can invigorate us into action and it can teach us things and teach us where we need to maybe direct our attention or maybe we need to uncover something about ourselves or to work on or whatever and or it shows us when a boundary has been violated these are good things we at least personally that's part of the human experience and that's what makes it so rich and gives it color and depth and I was listening to a podcast episode with Jay Shetty and he was saying how meditation isn't about meditating to the point where you don't have any any thoughts And you don't have any bad thoughts and it's not about evolving to that point. It's about using meditation as kind of like a litmus test. So you can identify, feel 
and identify what your body is telling you at that moment, what signals it's teaching you. So like the example it gave, if you're feeling distracted and you're feeling kind of off, maybe do what you can to not make any big decisions that day and proceed accordingly for that day. And so meditation is essentially just a checking in time where you check in with your body and scan its signals so you can perceive and integrate what it's telling you. It's not to where you get to the point where you don't have any thoughts. That's just not going to happen. You might have little brief moments of time even experienced meditators who've been doing it for years and years and years will tell you that. And same as Jay, he was a monk. And he's telling you that's, that's part of it. It's not getting to the point where you're just living in this la-la land where nothing is ever uncomfortable. That's, that's just not realistic. So the messiness of being human, it's messy. And it's beautiful and I hope you find the beauty in it. And I hope even in the melancholy, you can find like the romance of it and the beauty of it. And that's such a liberating feeling. And it just really does make those highs higher. And it just is so dynamic and rich. And so this is my challenge to you to lean into the discomfort. And I mean, you don't have to get super jazzed about it. That might be asking too much. And that just sounds kind of sick and twisted, but kind of just find the value of it. And hopefully, ideally, the beauty of it, but not try to sidestep it and avoid it. And that's when we really get into issues, because that's usually when we're trying those evasive techniques and evasive moves is usually, you know, when we try to escape and that's where addiction can come in or that's when we do things ugly things to each other and to others that we shouldn't be doing that's not in our best interest or others best interest or individual interest or our collective interest that's kind of the core of it right when we're trying to avoid the discomfort so what if we just accepted it and I think about that too I think about this because I live in a cold climate I mean we have winters and very frigid winters and I think about that and I think about how I emotionally charge like walking to the car when it's cold outside. And what if I just did it without the accompanying emotions and I don't have to make it a thing? Because I do, I make it a thing. And so I'm like, what if I just didn't feel like, what if I, and that kind of sounds like I'm escaping, but what I mean is I let the discomfort be it with at its like at its face value without adding anything more to it without piling on any negative emotions and I hate to say negative because emotions are emotions not positive or negative gosh I'm spinning out right now but what I'm saying is just let the experience be the experience without piling anything more onto it to drag you down just letting it be and I've found that that is transformative so then when it's cold outside I'm like I feel the sensation identify as cold, but I don't have to assign it an emotion, especially so-called negative emotion. Just it is what it is. I just see it as another sensation. It's quote unquote uncomfortable, but just let it be instead of infusing it with any emotions and charging it. Just let it be. And I sound like a hippie Lala, beetle loving (laughs) tree hugger. And I love it. I'm not shying away from that. But just letting discomfort be discomfort and be uncomfortable and letting yourself be uncomfortable and this too shall pass and it's not going to last forever and just let it let it make you into even more of an informed 
experienced, knowledgeable, smart, and empathetic human. And it just is part of the, the experience and the process. And don't, don't limit yourself and just embrace the messiness. Bless this mess. <laughs> I love you. Thank you for listening.